Greetings and welcome to the Lotus Flower Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Robinson. The Lotus Flower Podcast aim is to educate, equip, and empower our listening audience while sharing culturally relevant educational topics. The common name for the lotus flower is the water lily. Why? Because this particular flower blooms through the murky water. It blooms through adversity. It blooms through rock, through soil, through dirt. It blooms to the point where it pushes and it presses beyond any obstacle that may be in its way. Why am I mentioning this? Because this signifies the strength that lies within you, our listening audience. It signifies the strength that oftentimes lies dormant in you. We want to encourage you today that you are able to bloom and you're able to blossom beyond any circumstances that life brings your way. You're able to blossom and bloom and become a fragrance, a fragrance that people will be able to enjoy when they're in your presence. You're able to fill the atmosphere with positivity just because you were able to press beyond any obstacles that were in your way. The Lotus Flower Podcast. Once again, our aim is to equip you to know that you can make it, that you can bloom out of life difficulties and become the flower that the Lord created you to be before the foundation of the world. The Lotus Flower Podcast is streamed on several platforms, including Zoom, including Google, including Amazon Music Podcasts, Reason Podcast, Wix.com, as well as it streams on our website, which is Emerging Hope Ministries. We welcome you to the Lotus Flower Podcast you can listen in at any time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can listen to the Lotus Flower podcast and be encouraged by the stories that you're hearing from our guest and from myself and my husband, the Reverend Curtis L. Robinson Sr. Today on our broadcast, we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Lisa Henry. Lisa currently serves her community as a mental health care manager and she serves as a worship leader in her local church. Lisa is a wife, a mother of two sons and a mother and a grandmother of two granddaughters. She's also one of my lifelong friends. I've been knowing Lisa, I'd say over the last 35 plus years. We've actually raised our kids together when they were very young coming up through church. So I am super excited to have Lisa today as my special guest. We will be discussing today the growing concern with our youth of today, not being familiar with the presence or teaching of the Bible, that they oftentimes aren't coming to church with their parents. However, they're being left alone to play with friends, to watch TV or play video games. And if they are in church, they're on their electronic devices playing games. Many haven't been taught to reverence God or the importance of the presence of God through prayer, biblical application, or worship. And why is this? Lisa and I will share with you what the Lord has put in our spirits as to why this is. However, this is only our 
opinion. We know out there you all have opinions as well. So listen in as we share our in-depth discussion today. Lisa, welcome again. Thank you, Dr. Robinson. It is so good to be um, on your podcast today. And thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. You're very welcome. So we're going to talk about the declining participation in our Christian youth and why that might be. I looked over some research before we um, started our discussion today. And when I looked over some research, I, I um, came up with some um, information that says that large numbers of youth who frequently attended Protestant type of worship services are dropping out of church. It mm -hmm. says that about two thirds of these young people stopped attending church regularly for at least a year. And mm -hmm. it says that this article says that they stopped attending church because many of them just felt as though they could not understand what was being taught and that it wasn't taught in such a way that they could embrace it and apply it to their lives. Now, those were more of the teenagers, but when we look at the children, I looked at some research as well for kids, and it's, uh, it says here that with the children, why some of them aren't as engaged is because it says sometimes that the um, lessons and the things that they were hearing weren't, were considered not uh, relevant. They said they just could not, once again, identify with what the scriptures were saying that it wasn't broken down on their level and it wasn't engaging and all of that. So um, I'd like to hear what you what you um, have experienced, Lisa, from this and from being in, in your church and being brought up in church up until now and how things have, have changed. Yep. So um, when I when I look at um, you know, the church attendance or parents bringing their children to church. Um, you know, it concerns me because I don't see, many times I will see parents in church and I know that they have younger children, but they're not there. <clears throat> and my concern is that I'm, I'm wondering even in, in the home setting, how children are being taught the word of God or, or, you know, who is God and how is God relevant to, you know, my life as a child? Does God care for me as a child? Am I important to God? Uh, you know, is it just, is church, is worship, is studying the Bible? Um, is, is that just something that is for adults? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, and, and then again, as I stated, and then when ch the, the children do come to church, they, they're not engaged at all in worship. They're not engaged with even sometimes knowing to stand up to honor for prayer or when prayer is going on, um, still talking, playing on their, you know, electronic devices. And so for me, I see it as going back to an issue or a challenge with maybe parents um not teaching the children and 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 that's the concern mm -hmm. um, yes and yeah. i totally i totally agree with you i totally agree that um perhaps the largest factor here is the parents attitude towards their child and towards that church experience okay mm -hmm. so uh, as parents we influence uh, our kids greatly, both mm -hmm. consciously and subconsciously, you mm -hmm. know, and religion is no exception on, on that. So, you know, over, over half of the kids that are, that are coming to church with, with their parents, many of those parents have had an upbringing in church and, and have religious beliefs already mm -hmm. embedded in them. And they are oftentimes, they are successfully passing that down to their kids, yet it, there has to be con some consistency there, you know, and, and they, they've got to live, live what they preach about. 
They have to live it out in the home. You know, they, they can't see their parents coming to church and, and being on fire for the Lord, as we say in our, in the black church on fire for the Lord, meaning that they are busy at work and they're, they're participating, they're praising, they're worshiping him. They're, they're working around the church and all of that. But yet, and still, when they come home, they see a whole nother side of their mom and their, or their dad. That they, mm-hmm. they might exhibit behaviors that are just opposite of what they should be doing as a Christian. And so the kids are, are getting kind of an incongruent type of um, information mm-hmm. uh, that, that's being given to them. And so sometimes that in itself, you know, can mm-hmm. can can color their experience and make them think, well, yeah, there's nothing to this. So I, I will just come if I have to come made to come out to sit here and just look and and if they allow me to have my device then I'll sit here and just play on my device so that I can I'll my body will be here but my mind and my spirit won't will not be here mm-hmm. at that time um True. that that's kind of what I've I've uh, sent some of that that's not all of what could be going on mm-hmm. but I believe that that's part of what could be going on as well And, you know, and I also think, too, it is, you know, like I've heard many parents say, well, you know, it's so much to get them up and get them ready. And then I'm fighting with them to get to church. They don't really want to be here. And I don't feel like, you know, tussling and pulling at them and having to get their hair done and having to get them dressed and, you know, all of the things that go with preparing you know, your child to come into the house of God. I I do remember, um, you know, even as we were parents Mm -hmm. years ago, (laughs) but I remember even you as a single mother, uh, you know, and a single mother and a single mother who was the head of ministry um, in the church. And you had three small children and would get up early and get them ready and be there on time, <laughs> before time. And so it, it does require um, discipline and it requires a faithfulness to God That's you know, right. to, to, to train your children, for them to see that, yes, we, we, we have to prepare just as we prepare for our jobs, just as we prepare for school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to prepare to come into the house of the Lord to learn to be in the midst of those who are believers as we are, you know, so that we will know how to um, engage the presence of God all together collectively. It's, That's right. you know, when we come into the church, the church is specifically designed to teach about God, to teach about the disciplines of prayer, to teach how we live our lives as Christian people, we're not going to learn that in any other institution. We're not going to learn that in, in when we go to for public education. They're not teaching about, you know, how to feed your spirit as a Christian. Mm-hmm. So when we come together um, as those who are believers, then it is important that our children have that experience and they understand what it is that, that, that we are doing. You know, what is the purpose of coming to church, you you know, and and what is the purpose of prayer and what is the purpose of reading the Bible and what is the purpose of us standing and worshiping and singing songs and praising God as we do. And so my concern is that if, if our children don't understand that if as parents, we're not teaching our children and um, making it relevant to them that there will be some consequences. And when I say consequences, the, the, the effect of them not gaining that understanding, where will they run to in times of trouble? You know, right. you know what I'm saying? And so yes. those are some of the concerns as well. So. Yes, and then like you said, yes, yesterday's teaching when you talked about myself, years back as a single mom it's been roughly 30 probably 30 years ago and and as we were you and I and our church family back then were in church 
we we were at that time we were very very dedicated and we very we were very astute in the word and we were we were really living what we were preaching about and what we being what we were seeing was being modeled out in front of us. We had older women that were in the church. You remember Mother Hardiman, still here and probably in her late eighties, and Father Hardiman and the Joneses and people of that nature. And then our wonderful uh, pastor at that time, just so dedicated and loving mm-hmm. and all. And then myself being a, the children's ministry. Um, leader along with others and yourself working in ministry and a good staff of people. All of that was a village that our kids were coming up under. And so I think it created a sense of safety. And not only did we uh, bring them into the church and we had them there, you know, listening, we were engaging them at their level. We had games for them. We even had a store. Remember that store we had? We created mm-hmm. a store that the kids, yes. I think we, we had them go to maybe once a, once a month or something. A mm-hmm. store and just all types of things to meet them at the level we had. Um, back then, we had a children's church. We were, people were just starting children's church. And that was about maybe 25 years ago where we would just dismiss them during a, uh, the first part of that service and they would go off to their own area. And we purposely made it so welcoming to them and the lessons on their level and, you know, and all of that, I think made such a difference. And then I do, I do believe that when they went home to many of those homes that those parents really were living those things out to the best of their ability. We had quite a few single moms in our church at that time too. And we wrapped our arms around our single moms, including myself being one of them. And everyone didn't, everyone felt included and their kids felt loved on and kids with special needs felt loved on and all of that. So it, and so today when we kind of take this, we look at it under today's my microscope, you know, we say, well, what was, what was going on then that cannot be like, um, you know, kind of replicated today and all, and it, could it be, they, they aren't, they aren't feeling as though they are um, truly a part of, of the um, experience that's going on in the, in the overall church itself, is, is there a bond that's missing, you know, we know God, Jesus loves us and he's here mm-hmm. for us. He lives in our spirit, but he walks mm-hmm. that out through man and through woman, through kids yes. and all that. Are they not, are they not seeing him in, in us to the degree that they, that they want to embrace, you know, that and be in that in, environment and all. That's what sometimes I ask, I ask myself, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm, when I am reaching out to children, we mm-hmm. we've had a successful um, camp ministry over mm-hmm. the last fifteen years, where we've been able to um, to send kids to camp at no cost, especially urban youth of color. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying that because many of the camps that we sent them to have sent them to were Christian camps too. And many mm-hmm. of the kids didn't have a, 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 a clue as to what it meant to be a Christian and all of that. Yeah. They And mm-hmm. so, but they were welcome to come and they learned about the Lord. Some of them got saved mm-hmm. and got baptized wow. at these camps and they got a relationship with him. And, mm-hmm. and, and so you would think that somebody that's being reared in a secular home and, you know, didn't know anything about the Lord, that's might be the last thing they wanted to do, but those kids mm-hmm. could not wait to come to that camp. And they knew that it was a Christian camp and the parents did also. And how do we get them to want to be a part of it? It's because of the activities that were going on, the love mm-hmm. that was there, the, the camp mm-hmm. counselors, the camp directors, uh, my husband and myself and our ministry staff and all of us mm-hmm. together just loving on those kids and, and especially those that were just very, very um, difficult children. And we mm-hmm. never gave okay. up on difficult ones. Those are the ones that the mm-hmm. Lord really said, you go after. So is it right. that, that, you know, we aren't as creative enough to reach those, to reach those kids. And, and mm-hmm. I know it starts with the parent because the parent mm-hmm. is the first teacher and they live with the parent. So when you send them mm-hmm. back into that environment, if it's a mm-hmm. toxic environment or one that, that really isn't loving on the Lord, then you've got to somehow get to the parent, to the parent, you know, in mm-hmm. order so that kid could keep, keep that within them. 
But right. you know what, Lisa? We, mm -hmm. we know that there's a scripture that says that greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. Mm -hmm. And we know that mm -hmm. God's Holy Spirit, even inside of a little bitty person that might mm -hmm. have to go back into a toxic environment, can actually transform that entire environment. That little kid could, could actually bring that unsaved mom, unsaved dad, unsaved mm -hmm. grandma, a big mm -hmm. sister, somebody into the church just because of their life. So I'm, mm -hmm. I would discount that if you got to go back into that situation. But I will go back and say that it is important that mm -hmm. that parent would be at the table as well, because they have a great influence right. on that kid. So yeah. when we were sending those kids to camp, we started out making sure that before they even went, we had two or three sessions that they would have to come to our location and they would sit down with us and we would talk with the parent and have get, play games with the family and get to know the people that we were dealing with and tell them about a little bit about the Lord, not preach at them, but kind of kind of get them ready for what they were uh -huh. going to see and kind of build a rapport with that parent and uh -huh. buy in. So, you know, do we have to do in our churches, do, and especially our urban churches, do we have to do some backtracking and, and mm -hmm. um, go in like, like we did years ago, too? We went into the projects in Battle mm -hmm. Creek over there, and mm -hmm. I went there because I actually lived there for a short period of time, maybe about mm -hmm. a year after I was finishing up my um, degree. Mm -hmm. I, we went to the place in the project area. And, mm -hmm. and it was a, a very nice area. Mm -hmm. Every time we say project, that doesn't mean it's a slum and rundown and drug ridden and all in and, and, and all of that violence. No, right. it was not. It was very nice. Up kept mm -hmm. well. People took pride in their property. So we want to mm -hmm. put that out there as well. That that doesn't mean that because we might live in that situation, that that's automatically right. means that it's a negative situation. Right. But I know right. myself and Sister Lisa and our back way back when and our um, youth team and others from our ministry, we mm -hmm. went to the project area, didn't we? And we went there and yes. we, we passed out flyers and we hugged mm -hmm. on people. We gave mm -hmm. them a little candy at the door and we mm -hmm. kind of did it that way. And, and those people, some of them start coming out to the ministry and, mm -hmm. and, and all. So mm -hmm. do we have to do that? Do we have to go back to the way we were doing things and actually be the church, be mm -hmm. relational, be touchable. Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe they feel like some of us are too standoffish. We, we've had different ministries where people feel as though, you know, I can't never re be on their level. Look how well they're dressed. They're wearing thousand mm -hmm. dollar suits and $500 hats and red mm -hmm. bottom shoes and they are talking with big words and I am feeling just so insecure and so inadequate. Right, Imagine right. a single mom that can't even barely bear some, uh, buy diapers for her kid. And mm. she's sitting there and she's looking at these people on the rostrum and they look mm. like mil millionaires. And so mm -hmm. really so well, I can't never fit into that particular group. And they're, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if they're thinking that, that attitude that, that they're thinking, even if they never even speak it, that their mm -hmm. spirit is passed off to their kid. And maybe True. the kid thinks, well, wow, mama's mm -hmm. feeling this way, looking this way, you know, and we're feeling like we reach, we're the rejects, you know, of this place. We're already mm -hmm. feeling this way in the community. We come mm. in feeling the same way. Mm. You know, that might be some of it. Now, I'm not saying that podcast audience, that that's how all of it is, mm -hmm. but that is true for some of it because mm -hmm. I have been in situations like that myself as mm -hmm. a single mom over 25 years ago. I've been mm -hmm. there, but I had a strong spirit of, and I was determined. And it wasn't mm -hmm. in any churches that, um, as Lisa spoke about, our church family there that we came from in the Battle Creek area was wonderful, as well as many other of the churches the Lord had me and my kids in. It, they were wonderful, and they mm -hmm. fed us richly, and they embraced us. Even my child with special needs, they embraced mm -hmm. all of us, and we're mm -hmm. thankful for our experience. However, we have been exposed to some places that weren't as welcoming and mm -hmm. as loving. So when mm -hmm. we think about that, we think about our own lived experience and say, mm -hmm. you know, could it be, could have been had been some of those things that mm -hmm. that are yet going on now that mm -hmm. why the kids aren't um, embracing church and and why they're not embracing the teachings of the church because mm -hmm. maybe they're not 
the, they're not taking it as serious as they did because they just can't get a, a hold to it and all you know that is yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. yes I think those are definitely valid um concerns that that and and there is it it sometimes does seem like um, there can be overwhelming challenges um, for some, you know, that uh, would be a barrier to them grasping that message of Christ. Um, And so we do, we have our work cut out for us that we really have to uh, present Jesus Christ and be creative. As you stated, we really have to be creative and and we have to live the message that we talk about that we teach about that we sing about um you know it has to really be our lives and so it does challenge us as people of god that um people are they come from all walks of life and but the life that god has uh designed for us is that we live that best life that we live that life full of purpose and that that there not be, that we don't have to um, be confined to the barriers that present itself against us because as you stated, greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world, than any barrier, than any obstacle, than any challenge. But it is up to us to uh, be that solution, to bring the solution to those barriers, to that our strengths, be greater than the barrier that is presented, you know? And so um, it is important that, as you stated, um, we may be serving children who, who their parents don't know the Lord, but if we can teach them that you are powerful, your prayers, God hears your prayers. And, and, and if you know that greater is he that is within you, things mm-hmm. that are going on in your home, you can pray about them. Mm-hmm. That God loves you as a child and so he is concerned about your plight he is concerned about those things that face you and i believe that if our children do know to pray they know how to pray they know the word of god then when they do go back into their home they can pray about the situation if if mommy is struggling with things if daddy is struggling with things if if there are mental health issues if there are addictions that's going on if there is sexual abuse that's mm-hmm. going on. God cares about that. And, and if our children know how to pray and they know the word of God, then, then yes, they can speak that. There is power. There is no age limit in the spirit. There mm-hmm. is the word and, and there is the principles of God. And when those principles are worked, they, when, they, when they are released, they work. You that's know, right. the word does work. And so I believe you are, you're right in, in that we do have to be creative and I'm, and I'm, you know, grateful that you all have a program. You have continued your ministry to children. You have continued your ministry to those who uh, may seem to be at a disadvantage. That's right. Um, you've continued that ministry to getting that word out and, um, and continuing to do your part and, you know, still working the word and living um, what God has placed within you. And so we do, it needs to be spread. It needs to, more people need to hear about it and be able to experience it. That That's right. That's right. And also on a flip side, fathers in particular, mm-hmm. they, they have a strong impact on, on the youth view of religion. Mm-hmm. And um, an article that I read um, some time ago it summarizes it like this. It says that both personal observation and external studies on uh, fathers and religion has historically showed that the father is actually that moral example that mm-hmm. needs to be in the home, that, wow. that society's views of fatherhood, it kind of shifts a little bit. Um, when we when we look at African-American dads, it kind of mm-hmm. shifts a little bit because oftentimes those fathers are not in the home mm-hmm. and they don't have that close relationship with with their children and so it's somewhat it might weaken that relationship with the holy with our holy uh, father our heavenly mm-hmm. father uh, mm-hmm. because he is our father and they have not had that example of what a father is and mm-hmm. so it's sometimes when we say well god is your father now 
in mm-hmm. all they, they wonder, well, how can God be a father to me when I have not had had an example of what a father is? And mm-hmm. so that bond there can be somewhat missing. But mm-hmm. however, um, from a from a a psychological perspective, when we look at at a male and we look at a fatherly figure, uh, mm-hmm. we can have any person that's a male that has mm-hmm. a that strong morals and strong values. And as and as a Christian and whatnot, God can put that person in the role of a father. The Lord mm-hmm. said in scriptures that when my mother and father would forsake you, that the Lord, he would take you up. Yes. That even if that father is absent and he's not in the home and it's mm-hmm. hard for that kid to be able to project into the Lord Jesus and say, Lord, you're my father. Mm-hmm. The Lord, he said he, he already has made way for that. He's already right. taking care of that. He's putting males right there in front of our kids to, mm-hmm. to be that fatherly figure. And I know mm-hmm. that for sure it's happened in my kids' lives when they didn't have their dad in the home. It's mm-hmm. happened in many kids' lives around me that I have known that they have had to have that strong male role model. I know mm-hmm. back again in the church that we were in years ago together, mm-hmm. that there were very strong male role models that were mm-hmm. there that the kids were exposed to. So mm-hmm. we've got to trust that God has that under control. And I want to encourage the fathers that are out there. You're doing a wonderful job. There are mm-hmm. fathers that are out there that are not married to their, their kids' moms. They mm-hmm. could be single dads or they could mm-hmm. be dads that that are um, that are single dads, yet they're having a strained relationship. But even in that strained relationship, those dads are reaching in into their kids' lives and taking them to church and teaching mm-hmm. them about the Lord and living a life before them. Even as a single dad, they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Our urban men of color, they're mm-hmm. doing a wonderful job rearing mm-hmm. their kids and being there for them and being models of what mm-hmm. it means to be a Christian in or out of the home. So I want you all in our listening audience to know that even if you are not present in that home, men, you are still present in that kid's spirit. You are present in that kid's spirit at all times. And you are their first teacher and they're watching your example. Even Mm -hmm. outside of the home, they're watching your example. And I believe many of you are doing a wonderful job, dads remaining strong in the faith because God said it was first the man that was created and we're supposed Mm -hmm. to be the man is supposed to be the the head and is the head of Mm -hmm. the household and so with that being said we think about you know what what can we do do about this as we me and Lisa are saying how can we help what can we do how can we attract our kids to church? How can we make them, not make them, but how can we like influence them to, to want to really uh, still be a part of the church, still mm-hmm. learn about the principles of the church, still learn about the rituals and the traditions of the church? How, how can we get them to want to um, dive deeper into what it means to be a Christian? And why is all this important anyway? In, mm-hmm. in, in all. And as Lisa stated, as you stated, you know, when when trouble comes mm-hmm. or when my husband says, when the hard time man comes, mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. that hard time man comes, you're mm-hmm. going to have to have something in the bank. You got to right. put the deposit in so you can mm-hmm. put the deposit out. You know, mm-hmm. meaning that everyone that's listening, that when things happen in our lives and sometimes mm-hmm. it takes you by surprise, mm-hmm. you have to be able to pull on some type of resource to give you the strength to continue on because life happens. It happens to all of us. The scripture Uh in Ecclesiastes says that there's a time and a chance and there's a time for this and there's a time for that. Uh And life happens to the just and it happens to the unjust. Uh Fair things happen to good people and fair things happen to bad people. Uh Bad things happen to those that are saved and bad things happen to those that are unsaved. And so Uh knowing that we all know that we've got to have, have something to undergird us. And we believe that something is the Lord Jesus Christ and his spirit. And we believe that we've got to live that we've got to be taught that that's why it's important 
to know the uh -huh. principles of the principles. Uh -huh. That's uh -huh. why it's important to be taught how to worship and praise and honor God and have uh -huh. that reverence for him. Yes. That's why, because at the end of the day, he is ultimately all that we need. He is ultimately everything that's going to hold us up in this last day and evil day that we're living through and i when i say last and evil day i mean that the time is so dark outside we got so many horrible things going on so mm -hmm. many calamities happening mm -hmm. we can we call that dark for those mm -hmm. who that, that don't know that metaphor what it means mm -hmm. we call that dark darkness meaning that we have haitians coming through the water right now and people standing mm -hmm. up with guns pointed at their heads just mm -hmm. like they were going through the civil rights movement when they were shooting those people in the streets and putting water and dogs all over them we have mm -hmm. that darkness going on right now we mm -hmm. have people that are this young lady named gabby that was just uh abducted and uh mm -hmm. is, was missing and now it's mm -hmm. been found murdered and mm -hmm. don't really know if her boyfriend did it or who did it but mm -hmm. then her, her family is hurting Mm -hmm. And that's darkness, mm -hmm. darkness mm -hmm. in the land, darkness from this coronavirus that's still yet lingering has mm -hmm. been with us all going on two years now, two years mm -hmm. of darkness, darkness, people. And mm -hmm. so in order to hold on and not do something that's self-destructive, like get on hooked on drugs or, mm -hmm. or become hypersexual or become verbally abusive to our precious loved ones, mm -hmm. our kids, and all of that expose them to all types of chaos. In uh -huh. order not to do those things, we need the Holy Spirit on the inside of us yes. that will give us the power to stand against the wiles of the enemy and not uh -huh. succumb to them. Uh -huh. so that's why we're talking this way today, because it yes. starts at the foundation. The root yes. is when the kids are young and uh -huh. we can get them, get these principles and get a relationship with the Lord when you are young. Mm -hmm. You can get that relationship at any time, podcast mm -hmm. audience. However, mm -hmm. if you can get a relationship with him when you're young, why not mm -hmm. have a relationship from a kid all the way up? Why not? And so those are, that's why it's paramount that mm -hmm. we teach our kids yes. about the Lord and teach them to have that strong faith, that solid, like they say that that tree that's beside the waters, you know, and mm -hmm. those, those roots go down so deep because mm -hmm. it's down by the water. And when the storms of life come and blow so hard, it will not blow that tree over because the roots have gone so deep. Well, it mm -hmm. first started out as a seed and the that's little right. kid is a little seed, right? That's Our little right. Seed embryo. We look at my, look at my little three-year-old little grandson, as cute as a mm -hmm. button. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he's a little seed right now. That's and right. somebody's got to water that little precious seed yes. so that it won't blow away when mm -hmm. the trials of life come. Mm -hmm. We got to hold on to God. Mm -hmm. So that's why this conversation today mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. one of the best and most important conversations that we've had on this podcast, I would mm -hmm. like to say. Wow. Yes. Wow. So Sister Lisa, if there yes. was some, so why don't we hear what you might have to add a little bit more about for this conversation that we're talking right. about. Well, I like when you, when you mentioned about the seed, because yes, the children are the seed and what we are seeing, the results that we are seeing in our world today is a result of what people were trained up in. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Why? Because they've been bent that way. They've been trained. They've been formed that way. And, and the injustices that we see in the world today is because people in power have been trained and bent a certain way. It is not according to the word of God. The mm -hmm. word of God, uh, the, 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 the commandment, um, the Bible tells us that the first and the second commandment that we are to have to love God and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. When we don't have an understanding of who God is and what, what his way, what the kingdom of God is about and what, what his government is about and how he rules things that love has to be a tenant of that. That's the fruit uh, of, of, of the government of God, joy and peace and long suffering and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance, faith. These are all the fruit of the kingdom of God. And when we're, when we are not 
brought up in that. If we don't know that, then it becomes a selfless, a selfish world where we all, it's all about what's going to benefit me and mine. And if that means destroying you, if that means bringing you down, if that means doing things where it benefits me, so be it. And mm-hmm. so that's what we see in the world today, you mm-hmm. know, because of the way that that seed was germinated. Right. You know what I'm saying? The way yes. that we as seeds were cultivated. And so it is imperative that our children do learn because as you stated, troubles are coming, sickness comes, destruction comes, pestilence comes. And, and what, how will we deal with these? If we, don't, if we don't have the word of God, if we don't recognize that God is our source and the word of God is how we have to live, the way that he instructs us and guides us is the direction that we have to take. Then we will go to these other things. We will run to drugs and sex and, and, and money and getting it any way that we can. We will run to beating up one another and, and tearing one another down. We will run to those things. Mm-hmm. And, and then we will have a, the, a horrible world, a world that is all about self you know, promoting self. And so it is so vitally important that we be creative in how we will um, cause our children to understand. And there will, there comes times when, yes, you, you were saying making the children come go to church. Well, we make them go to school. We make them do, you know, if, if we don't set those things in place then they, they won't know foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction. And that doesn't mean beating them. That means teaching them. That means teaching them, you know, um, teaching them how to discipline themselves, teaching them the way to go. And so um, the rod of correction drives that foolishness far from them. So we do have to tell our children, yes, you're going to get up off the bed this morning. You're going to wash your face, brush your teeth, put on clean clothes, and we're going to the house of the Lord. That's you right. know, and so we, we, we have to yeah. do that, that's you know, right. so that's right. Uh, yes. It's getting back to those basics. That's right. It should, it shouldn't be a choice. It should not be a choice. They living in mm-hmm. your home. You're, you are responsible for raising them. The yes. Lord gave that child to, to you to raise mm-hmm. podcast audience mm-hmm. and take authority over the kids until they're grown and out of your home, you are responsible for everything they do, even when they get into high school and they think, well, mm-hmm. I'm high school now, so I can make my own choices. We, we weren't allowed to do that. And, and uh, we're, we're just two people talking now, but this is bigger than us. We, we know that there are, are a conglomerate of people that were raised the same way, mm-hmm. the same way that they weren't allowed to do that. They were drugged to church. Like that's like people say they were drugged to church. You know, they, they like <laughs> yes. it being actually drug well they were actually drug out of the house well they weren't really drug there but they were like you said sister lisa i i um echo what you said they were actually made to go and it was a good thing that they were made to go Mm -hmm. when you listening audience look back over your life those Mm -hmm. of you that were made to go you will mm-hmm. say, thank you, Jesus. Those, mm-hmm. those parents of mine made me go to church because my mm-hmm. life would have been so much more jacked up had yes. I not been made to go to church. And so mm-hmm. I, I am thankful for that. And um, I just want to add that from my own personal experience, I found that taking young people to youth conferences has mm-hmm. been an excellent way to instill the meaning of of, of the Lord Jesus Christ and, mm-hmm. and that faith making it relevant in their lives. Um, mm-hmm. We've attended our ministry, Merging Hope Ministries. We've, we've taken um, about, I think it's been four, roughly four or five years that we partnered with, with a Lutheran ministry. And okay. we've taken kids to a, a high school uh, conference and it's a weekend long conference and mm-hmm. they they would go to the conference and they would have workshops on their level. They would have workshops. Of, it was a, a Protestant um, conference. Mm-hmm. And so many of the people did not look like us. However, mm-hmm. God is not a God of color at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they this, this particular um, part of the venue, they made sure that they embraced multiculturalism mm-hmm. and they taught about it. 
they were really, that was paramount. They, they actually mm-hmm. had skits about it and everything to let young people know, people of color for sure know that God loves them and why. Yes. And so the kids left feeling so built up. They were mm-hmm. songs and we had praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Oh, they love praise and worship. They brought mm-hmm. in Good. people that could sing at their mm-hmm. level and, and they would be able to jump up and down. And my, my daughter, um, the one that has um, intellectual disabilities, she went mm-hmm. one year and she just was praising and worshiping the Lord up front and they just mm-hmm. let her, nobody judged her and, mm-hmm. and all the other kids that came, some of them from a part of our ministry were from the urban areas mm-hmm. and they had never been exposed to such a broad based conference of like over a thousand people because they were mm-hmm. people coming from all over the state of Michigan with their youth ministries. Well, Mm -hmm. the kids came out of that experience just really on fire for the Lord. They Mm -hmm. just loved it. And it was amazing. Many Mm -hmm. of them were able to go to that conference at no cost at all and even stay in an upscale hotel in all. I'm I'm saying that to say, now, yes, though that particular part of the venue had more of finances available so they mm-hmm. could do stuff like that they could mm-hmm. but that is no excuse mm-hmm. we have had churches in our inner cities that mm-hmm. have done a wonderful job with little of nothing mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. undergirding what they were doing was actual love it was wow. a love thing people mm. the kids and the families they could feel the love deep down inside of mm-hmm. their spirit. They felt that somebody in this place cares and loves me. So it wow. didn't have to be about having a going to a national conference or having lots of resources. Mm-hmm. It can start right there, podcast audience. It can start right there with being authentic mm-hmm. and meeting the people where they are. Let them mm-hmm. come in. If they're coming in dirty, they smelly, cussing, you know, mm-hmm. um, women that maybe not know how to dress appropriately in church. Somebody could have, you know, maybe all their cleavage out or maybe the boy could have his pants hanging off the belt. All those things. We want to have them come on in. We don't want to say, okay, well, look at them, Adam, funny and making them feel out of place because they're mm-hmm. dressed that way. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. So it would, take, it would take a nice person maybe to pull them to the side after a few times of coming and then maybe mention it. Or let mm-hmm. them observe how others are dressed in the church. And they might say, hmm, maybe I, I should probably not dress this way. Mm-hmm. And we'll just be very, very, very cognizant of how we how we are approaching those that are, have, that are unchurched, that are coming into our midst, so that mm-hmm. they won't be scared away. And sometimes mm-hmm. we do this unintentionally. You know, mm-hmm. we don't mean any harm by it, but we got to be very careful. If you mm-hmm. have someone come to your ministry and especially a youth that that's never been a part of a church and they are slimming down and they're playing on their phone and they, you know, they're not standing when it's time to stand, stand up, get down, stand up, sit up, stand up. You know how we stand up, get down and all that up and down and this, that, and the other. They don't know what's going on. It's like being in a whole nother foreign country. Mm-hmm. They might need somebody to be a mentor to them. And walk mm-hmm. with them slow. Don't scare them away. Don't look down your nose at them. Don't judge them. Love on them. Love will conquer a multitude of sins, it says, doesn't it? That's Love right. will. And mm-hmm. one other thing, mm-hmm. seriously, parents, and everyone that's listening, especially those parents that are listening out there, I want you to know that it is your influence. It is your influence right now that is the greatest over yes. your kid's life. Even if no matter what kind of parent you are, if you are, if you consider yourself the best parent ever, or you consider yourself needing a little bit more work in that area, mm-hmm. we all need work in the area of parenting. None of us came yes. with a parenting manual in hand, but God is the director and he yes. will show you how to parent. So mm-hmm. what I want you to do, if those that are listening to us, If you need to rekindle your faith in any type of way, or even Mm -hmm. if you need to meet the Lord Jesus Christ as your own personal savior, don't be afraid to admit right where you are, the state in which you're in so that Mm -hmm. you can begin to lead your family the way in which it should be led. Mm -hmm. Lead them in a way that the Lord would have you to 
Ask him to come into your home and be the Lord of your home and also the Lord, first of all, of your life Mm -hmm. and help ask him to help you to teach your kids how to love him. But first of all, the Bible does tell us to forsake not the assembling of the brethren, meaning that we've got to go into a church somewhere or right Mm -hmm. now we're having many of us are having online church. So you've got Mm -hmm. to get into a church. You need to be an Mm -hmm. online church or in the actual body of the church and begin to learn about the Lord Jesus Christ and not only learn about that, but begin to have that go into your spirit and walk it out. Walk that thing out in your spirit and let the kids, your children see you as that example Mm -hmm. of living and let them see you have problems. Let Mm -hmm. them see you go through troubles and tribulations, but let them see you trust in the Lord to work it out for you. Mm -hmm. Let them hear you praying to the Lord. Let them, let them hear you saying, Lord Jesus, I'm having a problem. I don't have enough, enough money for month. I don't Mm -hmm. have enough money to meet all of my obligations all month long. Let them hear you working through some of those things Mm -hmm. and saying, and let them watch you watch God work it out. That's how he becomes relevant in their lives. Mm -hmm. Now, seriously, I want to also encourage you to listening audience, those of you that are have youth ministries in your churches, I want to encourage you to look at those programs, analyze mm-hmm. them and, and try to identify their weak points and mm-hmm. try to come up with ways to fix any weak points that might be in your youth ministry. Try mm-hmm. to do that. And, and when you're doing that, come up with some strategies that, that could really help to make that ministry stronger and mm-hmm. more fruitful for the next generation to come. It's an important role. So mm-hmm. I want I want you to, uh, Sister Lisa, before we end, to uh, let us know what types of strategies or things that you might see that could help with this, um, you know, and I, I want to say problem, but I'm going to take the problem and I'm going to turn it into an obstacle and to mm-hmm. an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what types of problems you see that could be going on that could be turned into an opportunity for mm-hmm. these uh, children in our youth ministries? Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you you addressed it. You you stated it begins at home. You know, it, at home we we first have to have that relationship with God because all of us face challenges and obstacles um, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And go going before the Lord in prayer and getting the word. What does God's word say? Well, we know if I am suffering lack, well, God is not a God of lack. But God is someone who provides all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So, Lord, I release my faith that you're going to provide for us. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, the need is knowing that, God, you have you're our source. And Mm -hmm. so we look to you. We believe that you're going to provide through someone you're going to. It is not like it's going to fall from heaven, but there are resources available for whatever need I have, because you said in your word that you've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And so Lord, it it doesn't look like it from the natural perspective, but I know that this is what your word is. So I'm drawing that thing to me, wherever it is, I believe you're going to send the people. I believe you're going to send the resources. You're going to give ideas. You're going to, you know, you're going to give and provide for that need. And so Yes, letting the children know we have to pray. We have to go to God who is our source. We have to know. Um, I can't just go out and look for anything. Lord, I need to know where you where you're leading me. That's what right. what is it? Where should I go? But involving our children in that when they are struggling with things at school, let's pray about this because it is God's will that you prosper. It's God's will that you do well in school. It is God's will that your needs be met. And so therefore, yes, praying about those things. And then I think as you stated, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together. So therefore we are a body, the body of Christ. So we have to connect with others who may have those resources. So therefore, if there are other ministries that are doing things in the community, uh, let's connect with them. And, and, And that's because it's not about competition. It's about the joint supplying to one another. So if this joint over here 
is pretty strong. Let me connect with that joint so I can be strong too. And so it's connecting with those God has already given. Sometimes we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It's already happening. It's happening. So it's just connecting and plugging into where it's already happening at and drawing strength from one another. And so I think that is us assembling together um, as a body of Christ, connecting where the resources are already there. God is not a man that he should lie. He's not, he don't have to repent. He's not, he's not humanistic that he got to change his mind. No, he's given it. It's given. It's about us connecting to what he's given. And so I believe that those are the strategies of the, you know, there you have the, you have online resources that we also connect to. We're on YouTube and Facebook, on Facebook. So it, we're, we're not challenged with knowing how to do those things. We're already doing it. So it's now connecting to those resources that are already out there and available. I believe that that is, those are the strategies that, that we have to employ at this, at this, at this time. That's right. That, that is so true. That is so true and very well, very well said, very well said. And um, I want once again to thank you so much, Sister Lisa, for being my special guest today on the Lotus Flower podcast. I really, I truly appreciate our friendship down through the years. It's been amazing, amazing. And even though we may not see each other all the time, it's that friendship that's genuine. It's been over 35 plus years. It's been a genuine friendship. And now we both, both of us are our master's level clinicians. We share mm-hmm. that in common as well because our love for, for people and God has been good to, to us. Thank you for setting some time aside today to be our guest. Um, I thank and praise the Lord that he has used you mightily in ministry. And I, and I believe, aren't, aren't, aren't you actually in ministry itself as a, as a minister at this time? Or Well, I am not a licensed minister, but I am, I, I do teach at our local church and um, I am our worship leader um, at the local church. And so, um, yes, I am in ministry and I, and I, you know, the message of Jesus Christ, we are that message. So wherever we go on my job, I'm being strategic in how I can release the love of Christ and um, the wisdom and strategies, you know, of Christ in my everyday job. And so I thank you for inviting me. Um, I think, thank you, Sister Lisa, and also for my listening audience, I, Sister Lisa also has released some time ago a CD, a music CD, a gospel music CD. Can you tell us a little bit about that before we close well, out the sure. broadcast? I did. I released a single entitled I Am a Winner, and um, it is a, it's a song that is very empowering. It was inspired uh, by the teaching of um, my, our senior pastor and my spiritual father, uh, overseer, Dr. Frederick James Sweet. His teaching was on determination and that message rung true and the Holy Spirit began to give me lyrics for a song. And so I did write a single and, and so it's out there. It's called, I Am A Winner. And how can they get a copy of that? They can get a copy. You can go on Amazon or you can contact me. I am on Facebook um, under Lisa Rudolph Henry. And if someone would like to get a copy of that single, then they can contact me directly. Um, Or they can contact me by phone, 269-830-6999. And I can get a copy of that to you. Okay. Once again, I am very pleased Sister Lisa, to have you as our special guest today. You may listen to the Lotus Flower podcast on several platforms, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at your leisure on Spotify, on Reason FM, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also listen to it on RSS 
Wix.com and Wix.com. Please be sure to like, share, and most importantly, subscribe to the Lotus Flower Podcast. And from here, we'd like for you to know that you can bloom and you can blossom from whatever situation you find yourself in in life. I am once again your host, the Reverend Dr. Pamela Robinson, coming to you from the Lotus Flower Podcast. Have a blessed, sunshiny, and blossoming day. Bye-bye for now.